It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. Coming up on today's show, where's the D? And we know that it's a couple days away for New Year's, but it's time for the Falcons to make some resolutions. So who should stay and who should go in Flowery Branch in 2023? Last but not least, and for the culture, Tanitra's future husband got a job. We'll talk about all that right here on ATL Day Ones. Let's go. <laughs> this is ATL Day Ones. Part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. I just want to say thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listen of the day. And remember, we're free and available wherever you download your podcast, wherever you download your podcast. Make sure you leave us a five star review. Today's episode of ATL Day Ones is brought to you by Bet Online. But T, um, thank you for not, you know, punching me through the screen when I say what I just said. Uh, you guys stay tuned. It's gonna be very interesting. I promise you, you don't want to miss what's coming up in for the culture. But but first, we got to talk about the Atlanta Hawks getting um <clears throat> worked last night, one twenty nine to one fourteen against the Indiana Pacers at T. I'll just go ahead and say this. I'm going to call you um, Prophetess T um, because of what you said yesterday about how the Hawks and Trey Young need to focus in on defense because that's going to be the difference maker as they try to get back on track and not be average. But they were average last night, um, below average, and they were horrible on perimeter defense. And you know what? You know, my guy who I call Bo, you know, as in a, uh, in a term of love or an affectionate term that I refer to Bogdan Bogdanovich, but his name is Bogdan because that was absolutely horrible last night playing on uh, last night against the Indiana Pacers. And Tyrese Halliburton, he was just trying. He just tried. He, he was trying, and it was nothing he could absolutely do last night, too. Yeah, it was very, very tough to listen to. I didn't get a chance to watch it, so I listened to the broadcast. But sometimes I like to do that so I can kind of play it in my head, like what should it be? But I did have to run a few things back visually today, like you said, just from my own understanding. Now, yeah. one thing about Bogdan Bogdanovich is kind of similar to Trey Young. His de- his offense usually is predicated, uh, or his defense is usually predicated on how well he's doing offensively. I right. felt like there was a missed opportunity for the Hawks in the third quarter, maybe some decisions that Nate McMillan made because Bogey was your top scorer for the Hawks at halftime. And then it just felt like not so much that he disappeared, but maybe because the offense wasn't running to and through him just as much. And I felt like maybe if that would have happened a little bit more for him, we would have seen just a little bit more of a defensive effort. The reason I say a little bit more would have even made a difference is because when the Hawks got this game down to six points and it happened a couple times, six points, seven points, eight points, nine points, somewhere in the high single digits. Right. Every time Jarvis, it seemed like the Hawks missed and then the Pacers ran it down the court and made it. So I feel like if there was just a tweak here or a tweak there, make a shot, run it through, run some offense through bogey. Then you hit that two or you hit that through three, there's some energy and excitement. Then you get back down the, the court on defense and you stop them from shooting. There were four point swings after four point swings after four point swings that I feel like above and beyond, you know, 
the 15 point dragging it's those little moments drivers where they had opportunities and that game was way closer at those moments than the score dictates that they simply did not take advantage of and like you said most of them happened on defense on the perimeter it was abysmal defense but also we know where else it was and that's in the paint absolutely and we know who was missing last night in clint capella because we know what he brings to the table and we, you know he's being the guy one of the top rebounders in the nba and you know being that defensive stopper that the, the hawks brought him in to be mm -hmm. and we know that you know, a lot of times, you know, when you think about what guys bring to the table and, you know, DeJounte Murray, and, you know, mm -hmm. and DeAndre Hunter, you yeah. know, him being out also, those guys looked at, you look at those guys and you say, okay, those guys have, are pretty solid defenders, if not exactly. elite, you know, depending on who you talk to. Yeah. But I, I think that when those guys being out, it, it, it kind of really exposes the Hawks, like, for who they are. Mm -hmm. And and do you yeah. think it's, it's just a matter of, that exposure with those guys being out or or is it more so of a mindset scheme type of situation when it comes to the Hawks when it comes to playing defense yeah I think it's a little bit of both because from a mindset perspective the Hawks low-key no one likes to say it out loud but low-key they just assume when Clint's in the game oh we're good oh we got and yeah, there are good. no adjustments yeah. from the players when Clint's not in the game and an example of that would be this I don't care that John Collins had a double double last night because to me those 10 rebounds were very, very hollow because when I needed you to make a rebound at a critical point, I don't feel like it was there. The other thing is if you're the two bigs in the game on Yeka Okongu, and you know, I love me some double O and I love the hustle and I love the effort, but double O you can't foul out and you cannot get three early fouls to the point where it renders you ineffective because honestly, Jarvis, it wasn't even about just fouling out. It was the fact that you were ineffective for two and a half quarters of that game because you had three fouls early on. You have got to learn how to play clean defense. John Collins, you've been in the game too long. JC, yep. you cannot get five fouls. That's no way for a veteran at this stage of your career, you can call you a veteran, to be doing that. Because here's the thing, Jarvis, the rebound numbers actually weren't that bad. The Pacers out-rebounded the Hawks 49-42, to 42, but I go back to this point. It was at the critical junctures where you could not afford for the Pacers to have second-chance points or you could not afford for them to drive the lane and get an and-one, and you allowed it to happen. That's the problem when you dig into those numbers. Not so much that you weren't that far behind in, the, in getting boards, but the fact that when you needed the boards and you needed to just have a stopgap, you simply didn't do it. Yeah, absolutely, and and it was just it just made it easy for the Pacers. It just like it was so easy to get to the yes. get into the paint and put your your bigs in bad situations. And hence, you know, the, the foul trouble that that John yeah. Collins and Oyeka Kongu got in because guys mm -hmm. were just getting beat on the perimeter. Just like it wasn't just Tyrese Halliburton who's having yeah. a terrific year, terrific season. I'm not right. you know minimizing what he's doing, but you, even the backup point guard. Um, right. I, forgot, I forgot his name. Couldn't even think. Of, can't think of his name. Oh wait, right Jarvis, now. I just call him Guy X. Guys, some some rando, rando, rando. His name is Rando, who yes. was getting to the paint <laughs> on a consistent basis. I'm just like, why y'all let Rando get to the consistent, get to the paint like this? And you know, giving up what almost 60 points in the paint, like that's ridiculous. That's yes. absolutely ridiculous. Yes. If it's not Steph Curry or or uh, or um, 
or or uh, uh, John Morant or somebody like that, a guy who you know who expect to get to the paint, yep. it shouldn't be happening like that. It shouldn't be easy. It was just easy for those guys. And like you said, and then your bids, your bids get put in bad situations. And that's exactly what you have, uh, the results that you have last night. You know, like yep. there was no defense being played out on the perimeter. And then it just, it was a domino effect from there. It really was. And if you think that that's what's going to be okay going into the game tonight against the Nets. Good luck. Good luck with that because <laughs> <laughs> I hate to say it and I hate for us to seem like we're being negative, but we're looking at the reality of it. And granted, right. a lot of times you come back home and even though it's all off of a back-to-back, you know, being at home is something that usually works out in the favor of the second unit, right? right. So hopefully there will it'll be a bit of a bounce-back game and – the Hawks are playing chess, right? Not checkers, because right. they've not yet submitted that injury report. So we don't know if Clint's coming back, Drake's coming back. And of course, uh, Trey Young had a contusion similar to the injury that uh, Clint Capella has been dealing with with that calf. But the hope is that it just got dinged and it's not a full-on strain like Clint Capella. So that's another thing, Jarvis. If you get to the point in place where you have three starters out against a team that's coming off of several days of rest, and already was on a nine-game win streak. This could be a long night at State Farm Arena, unless unless everybody understands that you can't even just do your job. You've got to look over there to that other guy, look over there, and make sure he's doing his job. And if not, you've got to be prepared to send help because there's no way you even stay in this game if you guys don't play as a unit. Absolutely. Like, well, hopefully, they'll be able to bounce back. Like you said. I'm not going to put all my eggs in that particular basket because it don't look good. Kevin Durant is a man. That's all. All right. Uh, speaking of man, how about Alex Anthopoulos? He's uh, well, yeah. uh, lock it up. He's done it again. He's brought in another outsider T and signed an, uh, an extension uh, with uh, extended an extension, if I can say that, uh, to uh, – to the catcher they just brought in, who named uh, Sean Murphy, excuse me, uh, mm-hmm. and gave him a, a deal of six years, $73 million. And the deal is going to run through 2028. That's why I'm stumbling because he's just throwing out this monopoly money around here. Now, the Braves are in the first like level of that tax, um, tax, um, um, luxury tax, uh, mm-hmm. so to speak, in baseball has implemented as of late. But T. The one thing that the first thing that came to mind, not only because you know the money is the money, it is what it is, right? It's yeah. not mine. I don't care about them spending money on guys and locking guys up. I get it. But the first guy that came to mind when I saw this, yeah, is doggone Max Free because yeah. we we saw them trade for Matt 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 Olson mm-hmm. and immediately extended him. We yeah. saw them just right now with Sean Murphy got immediately extended him. And then mm-hmm. the last two years we've seen Dansby Swanson and, and Freddie Freeman walk out that door. Mm-hmm. Max Free is one of the best left-handed pitchers in, in the entirety of baseball. Yes. Like, yeah. Are we basically preparing ourselves for to see another guy walk right out that door and go get $35, $40 million a year as a, uh, as a pitcher? Yeah, it's a great question because we were all recall when Mike Soroka went down I mean, literally, it was like the air was taken out of the entire building because that was truly your ace. And then Max Fried showed up and showed up in the biggest way and truly solidified himself as an ace last season, meaning the the run to the World Series championship, but Mm -hmm. came back and did it again. 
So we showed you a consistency there and you can even see it in like the Cy Young voting results because he was sixth and I think he ended up third. So he keeps, you know, climbing, if you will, and kind of evolving his resume. But like you said, Jarvis, it's more about shout out to Alex Anthopoulos. I remember seeing a meme where it had like these superpower, like superhero eyes, like he's done it again. He's a superhero. He's brilliant. So we give him so much credit for what he did with Sean Murphy, but it brings to bear the question of, okay, what about that guy, Max Reed over there? Because your MO so far has been exactly what you said. And in addition to that, Jarvis, looking at contract extensions uh, for Ronald Acuna, Albies, um, Michael Harris II, Austin Riley, even Spencer Strider, Spencer Strider like, yeah. all of those and kind of say, okay, what they do is what you said. They give immediate extensions when they sign in free agency, or if you're already with them, they'll extend you and you're a younger player. And they're doing it really for bargain based on prices. Right. Max Freed, I hate to say it, but he falls in the space of where Dansby Swanson and Freddie Freeman were in terms of it's going to be expensive. Probably because more. you hit the nail on the head. Yeah. He has top five Cy Young finishes, three gold gloves, of course, the World Series ring that he was very critical in getting for the Braves. So I'm thinking to myself, I don't know about that. And then we know pitchers. Yeah. That's a very tough place. Yeah. Like pitchers are going to get paid. paid. (laughs) Yeah. And and I don't know. Like you said, they're starting to inch up in that luxury tax and getting to the ceiling. And you already know that their parent company does not like to spend like that. So again, I don't want to paint a negative picture. But I think the reality is we all may have to be prepared that if they've not extended his contract by this time, you're getting closer to free agency. That does not look like it bodes well for free. Absolutely. And I think that that's something that we definitely gonna have to monitor and keep an eye on because at the end of the day, when you're a Braves fan, do you have to be understand what's going on with these financials? And Alex Anthopoulos is going to operate just like that. And he's going to continue to operate just like that until he, told anything different and i don't think he's gonna be told anything different anytime soon so yeah and max free will be 29 years old when he becomes Indeed. a free agent in 2024 yes. so definitely something to keep an eye on we hope you keep an eye on and trying to keep an eye on what's going on this weekend right because what's going on this weekend jarvis the new year's eve it's the peach bowl the semi-final the georgia bulldogs are playing you trying to figure out how to get some money go to betonline.net because it is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds lines and games i've been looking at the odds and lines for this game and i promise you mm-hmm. it's very interesting when you're talking about georgia is favored by six and a half points so basically that's a touchdown so yep. what do you do? Do you think that George is going to be able to take advantage of the Ohio State's de- uh, defense? Or do you think C.J. Stroud is going to have an amazing game, make his case for, hey, I should have won the Heisman Trophy? You need to go to betonline.net because it continues to be the top online source for all your sports wagering information for live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They got you covered. You guys come to us each and every day for all your ATL sports needs. Go to Bet Online for all your sports wager information. They got it all right there for you. They got podcasts as well. All right, now, what I want you to do is head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today because Bet Online is where the game starts. 
Indeed. And thinking about starts, we're a couple days away from the new year and everybody's looking forward to their fresh start, right? And we take nothing away from the fact that the Falcons have a couple more games to play before they wrap up the 2022 season. But real talk, we're already looking ahead to 2023 and the fresh start that may or may not happen in Flowery Branch for a number of players. So we talked to you guys, kind of teed it up yesterday about doing some evaluations. And we'll kind of keep doing this throughout the rest of the season for the Falcons. But we wanted to kind of do a deep dive into the offensive side of the world for the Falcons. So Jarvis, when you look down that roster of those 11 positions on offense and you think about guys who should stay and what the case might be for the Falcons keeping them around next season or the guys who should go, let's talk about those guys, maybe just a couple of them, who you think you can make the case for that, hey, the Falcons, they should keep that guy because those guys because they made the case for themselves this season. You know what? The first guy that comes to mind for me is Elijah Wilkinson. And I okay. think that the only concern that I have is being able to stay on the field, right? Because sure. if you're if you're injured, I can't use you. And I hate to put it like that, mm -hmm. but you know, you, you, your availability is the best ability. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? So so I think that I thought he's he played solid early on in the season. He mm -hmm. was able to come back and I thought he was pretty solid his, um um in his in, in his return last week so i think those are some of the, the guys that as one guy that i think that he should come back because you know mm -hmm. he's not the greatest but i think that you got to find value when yeah. when you're talking about putting together a group of five guys that mm -hmm. can play together as a unit and play well as a unit because he was like people may feel whatever way about how, how do you feel about elijah wilkinson they were one of the best running football teams in in the NFL mm -hmm. when he was a starter um, yeah. to start the season. So there we go. Think about that. So right. um, I think he's one. Mm -hmm. Another one I, I think that I, I would like to see come back is mm -hmm. either, and I put it like either or with these with these two guys because mm -hmm. I think that you don't. I don't feel like you you probably have to bring in another guy to to kind of up that Annie in the mm -hmm. receiver group, right? So either Alameda Zacchaeus or Cardale Hodge. I think mm -hmm. those are two guys that I think that you probably need to take a look at and say, hey, yeah. he, these guys are solid. Mm -hmm. um, these guys are some guys that can get open. We saw yeah. them do that from time to time throughout the season because mm -hmm. a lot of people saying, hey, they have no receivers. Oh, that's not necessarily true because you don't have Kyle Pitts right now. We know right. Drake London is going to be a solid, solid option for, uh, for Desmond Ritter mm -hmm. uh, going forward because they have that chemistry and that's something you want to build off of, not downgrade or degrade, <laughs> as some people are doing. But I think Alameda Zacchaeus is a guy – and or uh, Cardio Hodge, I probably skew towards Alameda Zacchaeus. Mm -hmm. um, I think yeah, if they're able to work together, um, he and Ritter, that is, yes. in the offseason, I think they can kind of build some 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 continuity there. Uh, and once you get that continuity, it definitely it, most of the times it's always going to transfer over the field. So those are some some of the guys that I think that hey, these are guys that hey, you know what you're going to get from them. It mm -hmm. might not be great, but. Mm -hmm. He, we're talking about putting together a team uh, yes. uh, of, of guys that together as a unit that you're going to be able to get some production out of. Indeed. And I would co-sign on Elijah Wilkinson. I think he did a solid job. And when we look out at what's going on around the league, I mean, offensive linemen are going left and right. Like teams are extending their old linemen. They're not letting them get away. Yes. Even the solid ones, not necessarily those who are Pro Bowl level, but even the solid ones, because yeah, good old linemen who are going to protect your quarterback and who are going to help give you versatility on your offense 
and give you a solid run game, they're very hard to find. So to your point, those numbers looked really solid when Elijah Wilkinson was there. And so you keep him there unless you can get a better one in free agency. I don't think you can. Or unless somehow miraculously you get a, an O-lineman deep, deep in the draft. And I say deep, deep because what I don't want you to do is even attempt to go after anybody in the first, second, or third rounds not named a defensive player. The end. Oh, so I agree with you on Elijah Wilkinson. And it's interesting because if you had asked me at the beginning of the season, I would have said, you mean left shark who's on the right side? Nah, let him go too. But left shark who's on the right side, he's starting to kind of lose his name as left shark. He's starting to actually be right tackle Caleb McGarry. Wow. So yeah. If they yeah. would like to go for that, I think that he he it was a wake up call for him when they did not pick up his fifth year option. I think that was maybe the nudge that he needed to say, man, you cannot take it for granted that you're in this league and you're a first round and they're just automatically going to re-up you. Nah, bro, you got to earn this thing. So I think I might actually give him a nod of approval to come back in Flowery Branch. But if you think about nods of approval and who stays and who goes, because you know, this is kind of that week, Jarvis, and that time where we're starting to see head coaches, for example, that are on the hot seat being let go. That's the kind of story you'll hear about on Locked On Sports today. Is there any other head coach in the NFL who's about to get his walking papers or Jarvis. Yeah, one of the coming. biggest controversies right now, which just came out moments ago, is that the NFL is back on their investigation grind for Tua Tonga-Bailoa because he's yet again in the concussion protocol. So if you want to get more on those national stories, check out Locked On Sports today because certainly they're going to give you the tea. And if you like For the Culture, then you're going to absolutely love their take of the day. You can catch them and stop by odyssey app stop by youtube stop by wherever you get your podcast wherever you download them and check out locked on sports today now jarvis i don't know if they're paying attention to who should be let go in flowery branch but we certainly are where we say you know what thanks for your service for the 2022 season we don't need to see you up 985 again in 2023 jarvis who are you two guys you know what to be honest with you i <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you made a really good case for Caleb McGarry, but here's the thing. I got to stick to my guns on this. One. Stick to your guns. I got to stick to my guns on them guys that, that decide to make a case for themselves in their last year. I know how you trade. feel about that. Like, I, I Contract year guys, I stay away from. I don't I mind know. being wrong because here's the thing. Like, you had to get your fifth year option denied. In order for you to, to work out and come into camp in shape and try to improve, because we saw improve, uh, uh, the improvement yes, from him did. from mm -hmm. last year to this year. Like, we know he was a, he was a, a fine um, run blocker, but he has turned into one of the better run blocking right tackles in the NFL. You know, and not not only from eyeball, but from mm -hmm. the number standpoint, the nurse. Yeah. The nurse say so as well. So I think those – but I, I just it's hard for me to for that for me to forget that, right? So I have to play hardball and I'm not necessarily saying go out here and, and go 
and go for, go in free agent and spend free agency and spend money because mm-hmm. there's a reason why these guys hit free agency. It's going to be some risk involved. I yeah. think that you need to trust your scouting department and go out there and draft a guy. If, yeah. if that guy's in the first round, yeah, I don't mind yeah. doing that. If that guy's in the second, round, I know, I know, T, I know, f- flow with me, flow with f- flow with your boy for a little bit. Uh, <laughs> you're making me rock I know you're rocking. You got that grandma rock going on right now. For those you can't see, oh, you, you're not on YouTube. You just listen to the audio version. She is doing the grandma rock. Like she's worried because man, man just got they just got that phone call. Man, man just got locked up. She's very concerned right now. But I think that you know, with Caitlin McGear, I just it's hard for me to forget those things. And I like who's to say that if you get this three, four year deal very team friendly you don't get fat and happy like it happens it happens to the best of them it happened to Deion jones we saw it it happened to him he got fat and happy and that's okay that's fine because we know what the capabilities were when you were motivated and there and and, and locked in and we've seen that this year with caleb i just can't i i just can't do it unless it's a one-year deal Mm -hmm. like one year prove it to me again type Mm -hmm. situation yeah. I'm staying away from that one. Also, I got to throw Demir Bird in there as well because, like I said, I talked about Cordero Hodge or Alameda yeah. Zakis. Yes. I, I need you to choose one, and then I need I need you to go out there and go get me a little scat pack wide receiver because you got some trees mm-hmm. already out there in, in Kyle Pitts and Drake London, true. you know, true, depending true. on where he lines up and everything. So I want to get a little variation there. Give me another little scat pack on wide receiver that, you know, is explosive and maybe can take the top off the defense, you know, uh, when all of the other attention is being paid to those other guys. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where I am, right? Demir Bird, I uh, appreciate your service, sir. And Kayla McGarry, I appreciate your service, sir. But you got to go. You don't have to go home, but you got to get up out of here. Get up out of here. I get it. That is there. So, no, you know what? I'm going to leave it there because as I look, you know, kind of at the the O-line, and really I have to say the O-line because I can't disagree with you on Demir Bird, right? Right. Um, and I think the tight end room is solid enough because as long as you get tight end one back, we're good next year. Right. No, I'm okay because I feel like, you know, when you look at Parker Hesse, Michael Pruitt, they give you what you need here and there to move the chains. And they're also pretty good blockers. So mm-hmm. you're okay. So really it just goes down to the O-line. And one of the things I will agree with you on is this. And that's something that, that uh, Terry Fontenot has to ask himself. When you look at those top right tackles that might be available in free agency, I mean, can you even afford them if their teams actually decide to, you know, retain them, if you will, or allow them to go into free agency, whatever the case may be. And is there a right tackle in the third or fourth round? Because you can't take my first and second round picks for a right tackle. Anywho, we will keep this conversation going tomorrow. We're going to flip it on to the defensive side. And that's going to be an interesting conversation to see who you think, especially when you think about the fact that Jarvis is a former D lineman himself. He's looks at the defense a little bit different than most of us. So I can't wait to see what he has to talk about tomorrow on that and come back and check us out for that. But in the meantime, as I always tell you guys, Jarvis and I, we're your friends. And we don't want you stressed out, not even for a Hawks game against the Nets tonight. So if it gets stressful, go ahead and go to built.com and order yourself built bars. That way, for whatever happens after that game and in games beyond, if it doesn't work out in Hawks' favor, you're okay. 
because there are some really cool puffs that you can eat there. 100% chocolate, 160 grams of fat, not a bad deal, calories rather, not a bad deal for you, especially if you think about every pound that people have put on during this holiday season. And of course, you also get 15 grams of protein, which is an absolutely good look and it's easily soluble. So that way it goes through your system and actually gives you a quick punch that you need. So go to built.com, plug in locked on 15. That is your discount code for your first order to get 15% off. And they may not be able to be your stocking stuffers anymore because we are past Christmas, but certainly maybe this will be a part of somebody's new year's resolution gift bag. Again, it's built dot com locked on 15 is your code get yourself 15 percent off on that first order we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed 93 percent of employers agree indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent indeed survey and listeners of this show will get a 75 dollars sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash podcast just go to indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash podcast terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed Absolutely. Locked on Sports Atlanta family. I need you to hit up ATLDayOnes at gmail.com. ATLDayOnes at gmail.com. ATLDayOnes at gmail.com. That is where you get in contact with us. Not somebody who's getting paid to be an intern or being working for free or anything like that. Like, I will respond. Tanitra, um, not so much. Okay. She's got like 12, 11 jobs. So, you know, we're working on that. She, I get her to respond at some point. You know, if it's very important. If it's urgent, I get her to respond. All right. But, but T, this is For the Culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, and culture, and sometimes whatever the hell I'm talking about. Because just mm-hmm. how we get down on this show today is no different. I talked about how Tanitra's future husband finally got a job. That's the only way he's going to get he America. He can't have no job trying to holler at my folk. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> this is how we get down. Ed Reed T, Bethune-Cookman. He's the 16th head coach for the Bethune-Cookman. Uh, uh, Wildcats? Wildcats? Okay. Yeah, Wildcats. There we go. Wildcats. <laughs> the Bethune coming Wildcats, and he's going to be finally get his opportunity to be a head coach. And, and I think f- the first thing that came to mind for me, T, is the fact that, man, look at Prime out here creating opportunities for all the uh, Hall of Fame players in the NFL. <laughs> and what a trickle-down effect. You know, that may be something that we really have not talked a whole lot about. Everybody was saying the departure of Deion Sanders was just going to be the death of the HBCUs and they were just going to go back to where they were pre-Deion Sanders. And it's like, well, no. I mean, you may not agree with everything Hugh Jackson did in terms of creating his staff for Grambling, but Hugh Jackson did take the coaching job at Grambling, Mm -hmm. right? Reggie Mm -hmm. Theus did take the basketball coaching job at Bethune-Cookman. So Mm -hmm. these things do matter. Eddie George is still at Tennessee State unless I miss a memo. So mm-hmm. there are still opportunities. Eddie Robinson at Alabama right. State. He played in the league for 10 years. Too. There it is. There it is. Mm-hmm. And so you still have a lot of quality coaches that can also bring quality players along with them, uh, former players meaning, and, and former or current coaches from the National Football League to the HBCUs to really get these players what they need in order for them to put themselves in position to potentially get drafted or put themselves in position to become coaches if that's what they want to do, or dare I say it, front office personnel. Because remember, 
when you get somebody like Ed Reed, and let me just backtrack so that you guys don't think we thirst trapping on this show. Ed Reed is from my hometown area. He is from St. Rose, Louisiana, which is right down the road from where I grew up. So he is like an icon in, in my area. And I had a chance to meet him last season. He stopped by a Falcons game and he's just an amazing human being. So I'm going to always rock for Ed Reed. But one of the things that also makes him so great is his mind. And so I feel like he's going to be on the sidelines, he's not really, really good mind coaching for those guys. Exactly. But he's going to be coaching them up for life, not just about the league and, and getting to the league to play ball. So if he finds that that guy is not necessarily uh, league material in terms of having a an on-the-field career, he can get you ready for coaching. He can get you ready for the front office. He's going to be a lot like what Deion Sanders players talk about with him, which is building men. That's important, too, because everybody is not going to make it to the league, NFL, NBA, MLB, on the field. But there are decision makers that we need in those front offices. Last I checked, Terry Fontenot is the GM that the Falcons took a chance on, one of the few, what, three African-American GMs in the league. So there's obviously a Darth there of, of leadership that's not there in the front office, especially in the NFL. So for me, it's that bigger picture of A. He's taking it, you know, to Bethune-Cookman, and we know that there are some challenges, um, you know, there for the MEAC. They're moving over to the SWAC, so swag, yeah. that's kind of where it is right now. You know, right. the SWAC is yeah. doing the darn thing, but the SWAC is making some excellent progress and making some noise for uh, the division, for being in Division One. so that's number one. Number two, that's going to be money that is going to come into not just Bethune-Cookman, but it's going to be good money for the SWAC, and it also extends the viewership for next year as we get ready for that. And of course, number three, like I said, great, great human being that's going to, I believe, have a positive impact that goes beyond just what you do on a football field. I think one of the things that, you know, that I feel like Ed is going to bring to the table is because it's, and you kind of touched on it, just the looking at football in a certain way, because he was always that, he was that way as a player, right? Yeah. You'd be able to diagnose things and look at different things a different way and, and, be able to play those mind games with guys like Peyton Manning yep. and, you know, in disguise and covers because Peyton talked about how, like, dang, like Ed did some things that I've never seen before. And yes. for a guy like Peyton to be able to say that and Bill Belichick talked about how great Ed Reed was. So I think that he's going to be a guy that to be able to bring some different point of views and, and, mm-hmm. stuff, and get guys to, and players to look at things a, a certain way yes. and give them that base, that foundation of, hey, this is the way you play the game. Not necessarily to play at my level, but mm-hmm. to be able to say have some type of advantage each and every Saturday that you step out on the field. And I definitely appreciate him for that. We also appreciate you guys for making ATL Day Ones your first listen of the day. Why don't you go ahead and make your second listen of the day, Locked On Sports Today? Because like national news like this, with our prime out here getting everybody to go out to Colorado, and, and now he's getting some of his colleagues or, or friends or close compadres, jobs down in those HBCUs, and they up here trying to bring those programs up to par where they need to be. Yes. Black Sports Today might have something for you as well. So, you know, they have something like For the Culture. They have the take of the day. So, it's free and available wherever you download your podcast. Wherever you get this one, you can get Locked On Sports Today there as well. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we're going to dive into the defensive side of the football. Yeah. Who should stay? Who should go? Make sure y'all come back now, you hear? Hey, Prime members. 
you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.